velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Tom and with a welcome rest weekend for the players just gone, following a jam-packed schedule over Christmas and New Year, we wanted to to do something a little bit different this week and turn the focus to, to off-field matters and the very, very important work and future plans of Bath Rugby's charity, the, the Bath Rugby Foundation, which many of you would have would have would have heard of, but but just to dig a little bit into deeper into the into the work that is is being done there, and as such, I'm delighted to be joined by CEO Lynn Fernquest and also Dan Hine, who is the outreach manager and is working on a project which I think will be be very interesting for for listeners and also for for rugby fans in general. So. Thank you, Dan and Lynn, for, for joining the podcast. Hello. Hello. Good to meet you. Uh, so before we get into to, to some of the projects, Lynn, if we, if, we, if we start with you, I mean, many listeners and I think fans of the club will be aware of the, the foundation, seen it on social media, interacted with it as yeah. part of, for example, visits to, to, to the rec. But could you kind of fill in some of the gaps and maybe tell us a bit more about the the background to to the charity and actually what the sort of purpose, what the mission of the foundation is? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, we were actually born, Bath Rugby Foundation was born on the 22nd of November 2003. Now, for all England fans, that date should ring a bell because it was the date that England last won the Rugby World Cup. So. Okay. Picking up a bit of an accent there, was that a was that a fun day? <laughs> yeah, Wales have never won it, so I, you know, hats off to all of you England fans. But yeah, so we were born that day, which um, is one we we won't forget. And um, what we do at Bath Rugby Foundation, we we Bath Rugby charity, as you mentioned, and we help children and young people who need all kinds of emotional, practical, and physical support, but don't they don't get it um we um reignite confidence and self-worth in young people and we give we give them the life skills and opportunities to not only survive but to thrive so every year we change the lives of thousands of young people and over the last 20 years we've changed the lives of tens of thousands of young people in our community and um People will see us, local people will see us active in, in the community itself, in schools and at our home at the rec. So what we get asked quite a lot is, so um, why do we do what we do? Because on the face of it, Bath seems 
um, quite a rich city and um, quite an affluent city. We see the lovely bars and cars and, and you know, beautifully dressed people in the city. But actually, there is, there is a, a bit of a darker side because Bath was actually named one of the most unequal cities in the UK in 2019. Wow. And um, it's also um, has a tough time as far as its local authority rankings, local education authority rankings. Um, so there is quite a gap between um, the haves and have-nots in Bath, basically. Um, so we've been challenging this since 2003, and we've worked in that time, as I say, with tens of thousands of young people. And we're really proud of that. We're really proud that we are a community charity in this community, making, making a difference. And um, I suppose if I had to give sort of five headlines of uh, what we do. We are in the most underprivileged primary and secondary schools in our region, working with young people to raise their attendance, to raise their attitude, and also to keep them in the schools. Uh, we've got an alternative learning hub for 14 to 19 year olds at the REC, um, where kids can get um, vital qualifications, work experience, gain life skills, go into college and go into apprenticeships. So it's all as um, uh, a lot of this, a lot of what I'm talking about is, is not that much rugby related, but we do sport is something, sport and rugby is something that is uh, the thread through everything we do. Um yep. So there is, you know, there is an involvement in sport. And of course, we've got Bath Rugby in our name, which we're really proud of. Um, now, other things, uh, other things we uh, pride ourselves on. We are, we, we are in the communities, particularly during the summer holidays. Something that's happened since the pandemic is we have um, set up holiday camps, summer camps, um, during the school holidays for young people. And these are across Bath and North East Somerset and particularly focused on fa families who are struggling. We also work with young people who've got special educational needs and disabilities. Uh, traditionally, these children, um, they have an even tougher time. Um, so for example, around 50% of children with special educational needs in Baines uh, find it really difficult to access fitness and sport and, you know, any type of social activity. So we intervene in those areas as well. Uh, so I've um, bombarded you with quite a lot of information <laughs> there. Um, I, you know, having a look at my website, which is fantastic, and I encourage listeners to to do some reading on, on the initiative. But I think that, yeah, the point you made about the real bath is really interesting because you're right you see the fantastic architecture and the pristine surroundings but I think I saw yeah. a statistic that almost 10,000 young people in and around Bath are officially classed as vulnerable so the the level yeah. of inequality is 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 quite striking and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more in that time in that 20 years or or so that it's been what are some of the, the what some of the actual impact some of the numbers around the, the the number of children you've helped and 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 what you've enabled those 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 children and young people to to achieve and, and kind of go on to do. Yeah, now the way we summarize it is we 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 divide our work into three areas. We know that um for a lot of young people we work with, and that's 
between two and three thousand a year. Uh, during the pandemic, it was up to four thousand. So in, in numbers, you just multiply that to see just the impact we've had. Um, but what we find is there's three areas that we find we do our best work as a charity. That's in building the confidence of young people. And sport is a, a wonderful way to do that. Uh, and Dan will talk a little bit more about that later. We also um, teach skills. So we develop skills. Actually, young people, if they're not in school or struggling in school, there's very little chance of them going on then to lead independent lives because they'll be dependent on benefits and the worst case scenarios, they'll end up in the judicial system. Mm. So skills are really important. We will we will develop skills, whether that's skill of playing rugby, a skill of being able to get a job, a skill of going back into school, a skill of passing exams. You know, all these are vital for young people uh, today. Then the independence part, so the confidence, the life skills, the third part of what we do is to create independent young people. What we want is for all the young people in our community to be able to thrive. Um, so those are the three things we focus on. And we have, um, as you mentioned, the, the website, which is very kind of you. We have so many stories on there of young people who, um, you know, would, would have found things really tough if we hadn't been there at that fork in the road to to channel them into a, in, into a more positive direction. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I think it was a certainly eye-opening for me how much beyond the club and how far beyond just sports that the you know the the, the charity was actually actually offering. Actually yeah, I think yeah, I think a thing to remember though is that the clubs and, and certainly where I've lived in the UK. Um, rugby clubs and you know, other sporting clubs, they're at the heart of the community. So they're in they're perfectly placed to be at the, the centre of the community. And so when Bath Rugby um decided to set up a charity 20 years ago, it was really quite, you know, really uh, at that time it was something that wasn't as you know well known um and mm. so kudos to them for starting a charity ultimately it's the recreation ground and having community be involved with the club and the the ground and play sport there uh is 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 a massive massive part of it dan maybe maybe turning to you and to to a project that i know you're you're very passionate about and something that is a little bit more connected to to rugby and that's the mixed ability rugby that that you've been working on could you maybe tell tell listeners a little bit about that 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 project, how it works, and then also, you know, some of the the plans that you know I know the grand plans that you have coming up this year uh, around that. Yeah, of course. Um, so around six years ago, it was we uh, started a national initiative with um, Premiership Rugby, and that was Project Rugby, and it looks at getting people from underrepresented groups into rugby. Um, and those three groups are people from low socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnically diverse backgrounds, and uh, disabled people. Um, and when we first started the project, and it's 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 still happening now, which um, is is great. But there's a lot of disability sports that are still segregated, and so we had the option of going down the wheelchair rugby route. We had the option of walking rugby, um, but we came across mixed ability rugby. And the beauty of mixed ability rugby is that it's completely open to everybody. 
Um, and we've soon realized that actually we're pushing more towards societal change with that. Um, reason being that we are one community. Um, so fast forward six years to where we are now, um, we've managed to support the setup of five teams. Wow. Uh, two of those are in Bath, one in Melksham, one in Yeovil, um, and we've got another one coming up, hopefully in the Wiltshire area as well. Um, and it's not just about disabled people anymore, um, which they, there is a pathway for them to be part of, but we are also having an impact on a much wider community. So we've had a lot of uh, men and women that have joined the teams that maybe are struggling with mental health um, and are now benefiting from physical activity. Um, and so the two key areas we try to, to work on with the disability um, strand is making sure we're tackling social inactivity, uh, social isolation and physical inactivity. Um, but you can take those two areas across to, to any sort of community. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're doing that now. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that COVID and the various lockdowns that we've, we've had has, have really probably increased the amount of immobility and isolation that people have experienced. So yeah, I saw some of the, some of the accolades that the teams have picked up over that period, you know, first, mixability team in the southwest first female team in the the uk so yeah you're really sort of leading the leading the charge on that one kind of rugby question i had i guess i was watching the video that you've got on the the website and obviously all different shapes and sizes and levels of experience and ages playing how do the rules work good question um so it is a contact sport still um, but we do have an option where if somebody is it, maybe coming back from injury or just not comfortable, um, maybe emotionally won't be able to take a tackle, uh, they would wear a red scrum hat within the game. Um, so we often, James Haskell used to wear a red scrum hat. So we kind of say, be James Haskell for the game. Um, and the idea there is that you are a touch player within a game of contact. So if you were touched, you go to the floor, present the ball, and we play away from that position. But if you haven't got a red scrum hat, then it's normal game of rugby. Um, contact as it is the scrums are uncontested uh, but otherwise apart from that it's just just like any other senior game of rugby I think I could have done with a, a red scrum hat to be fair for most of my, my career an uncontested scrum <laughs> it would have been would have been great yeah, maybe probably, Tom can join us Dan for one of our mixed ability games definitely well, you, you, you do have a, a big event coming up in April am I right yeah that's right it's um, the third year we're about to run the mixed ability cup uh, last year, we had around 600 people in attendance watching and playing. Um, this year, we're looking to hope to reach around 1,000 people. Um, so we've got 12 contact men's teams playing, four women's contact teams. And then we've also opened up a touch tournament as well, just for those players that want to play touch. Uh, that's going to be based at Walker RFC in Bath. So if anyone wants to come along, we've got a fan zone. Um, the club are being really supportive. They're going to be there as well with player appearances and so on. So... Um, there's a live band, I think the one that plays in the Swift half. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty much picking up the wreck and hopefully taking it to Walcott <laughs> for the Mixability Cup. And what date was that, did you say? End, end of April? Yeah, Saturday 29th of April. Oh, that's brilliant. And how can how can people kind of get in touch and, and get involved in the meantime if, you know, themselves or family or friends want to, you know, want to give it a try? Good question. Um, so we training is on across the week. Uh, at Mondays, we are at Melksham Rugby Club. On Wednesdays, we're at Walcott. Thursdays, we're at Bath Ladies Trojans, which is on Lambridge. And then on Fridays, we're at Yeovil. So if you're in any of those areas, feel free to come along to training. But we are also 
um, in the in the process of setting up our takeover days, where we've got one on Saturday, the 21st of January at Melksham. It's our first one. And the idea there is that all of the Bath Rugby Foundation coaches will be there offering sort of skill sessions. We've got a couple of player appearances coming along. There'll be free food um, and some prizes on offer. So we'll also have those dates coming out if people want to come along just for a taste of That's fantastic. And I, I guess looking looking forwards and the rest of the season in, in, in particular, Lynn, maybe I wanted to touch on some of the the, the, the plans you you had and, and maybe first of all and relevant to listeners that will be be going down to the rec to to to, to games next month we have the bath rugby foundation day taking place i think that's the the day of the london irish fixture on the 18th at the yeah rec. that's right yeah that's right we're really excited about that because bath rugby are um showcasing their charity on that day which which is which is absolutely wonderful raising awareness of what we do and raising money to do what we do because every we don't get any central funding uh we everything we do and it costs um about nine hundred thousand pounds a year to keep the charity going doing the work it's doing and we have to do that um thanks to the donations of local people pretty much um and that is that is something on that day we what we would like to highlight so we see it as bath people helping bath people and what we would love more than anything for um bath supporters you know up to 14 and a half thousand of them on that day we would love them to be as passionate about us as they are about their fabulous rugby team so um yeah so that day uh is going to be devoted to us which we're really pleased about what will be going on will there be presumably there'll be representatives from the foundation there where you can find out more will there be anything going on before in the swift half or or at half time what what can yeah what... yeah well we're actually thinking of um renaming some things um because okay. we know how uh the recce went down the storm didn't it so we are thinking of um renaming some things uh but also on on the day there'll be opportunities again as dan said all our coaches will be there showing some of the things that we do we've had a fantastic opportunity to have mascots running out onto the pitch and they'll be their story. They're all the case studies from those 12 young people will be told along the way. So Bath Rugby, uh, as in the lead up to the game, not just on the day, will be telling the stories of these young people. So when hopefully when people, uh, when supporters get to the match, you know, as well as celebrating a Bath win, they'll be celebrating some of the amazing work that happens in the community thanks to their donations. Yeah, and are there any stories? Maybe, maybe Dan as part of the the, the mixability rugby program that, that that you touched on. Are there any stories that that particularly have resonated with you? Yeah. Um, so just a few, few to to name a few. We we work with a lot of uh, young autistic adults. Um, and so some of the stories there we have is we've got a few 19 year olds that have come across and we have one player in particular who has never worn shorts in their life. But because a rugby club, you wear a rugby kit, you wear shorts for the first time in 19 years, they wore shorts. And now that's an everyday experience. Um, we have a young man who uh, would have struggled to have got public transport, but because he's been on the rugby bus, he's now able to get onto public transport. We've got another young man who has played with his dad. Um, his dad plays for a local grassroots team. Never thought he'd have the chance to play with his son and and now is. We've we've got another um, young woman who she had a birthday party at 
uh, five years old. Um, unfortunately, she was teased and, and never wanted a, a birthday party again. Um, and fast forward, she's now 26, I believe. Um, and she had the first birthday party she'd had since she was five because of her rugby team and, and having friends. So um, there's quite a few. I could keep going. Yeah. Um, but those stories there, that shows the impact of what rugby is, um, but more so around off the field, what a sort of community sport it is. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, so anyone heading down, I think it's the the, the London Irish game. So hopefully a game <coughs> that we uh, we can we can we can win as well. And um, yeah, get down there early and um, and and check out all the the great work and the great stories that have that have been been going. I couldn't help mentioning it was a bit of a, a New Year's resolution for me. But in October, I think you guys are, are putting forward a team for the Bath half. So. I've been trying to 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 don the running shoes this month with with mixed success. It's hard when it goes dark at four pm, but I think <laughs> that's another event that you guys are going to be doing. Is there any any anything else for the rest of the year that that maybe you you'd like to highlight for for listeners? Yeah, we've got lots going on. We've mm-hmm. got um, fundraising dinners that take place in April. If people uh, fancy in a good night out, then um, they can come along to. To those, we are at all the bath home matches anyway, and so we get to see loads of people there, which is which is fantastic. Um, we're a big uh, cycling charity as well, so we've got um, one of the biggest uh, cycling groups in in the whole of Baines, and um, so our cycling group is going out to Portugal in September as part of a, a fundraising challenge. So there's there's always loads going on, but by going onto the website or just following us on social media, you can find out all about the wonderful things we're doing and and take part if you'd like to. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting you, you you said that although it's a Bath Rugby charity, there's no kind of central funding. So obviously you're reliant on donations and I'm sure anyone who 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 you know the stories do resonate and can visit the website and and can donate i'm sure that'd be very very gratefully received but what what else what what other things as fans of the club can listeners do to help out and to support and to advance the the charity and the cause yeah, we've got an amazing volunteer program. So people can again, this can be done on the website or by just getting in touch with us. But if you'd like, if you've got some time to volunteer, there are lots of volunteering opportunities we have. And that that can be on a match day, or that can be just um uh giving some time to us with a skill that you that you have. Um and, and we know there are lots of lots of different skills out there that people can donate to us and we're more than grateful for that. So um lot lots and lots of ways. Actually just following us on social media actually Tom is is brilliant. Sharing some of our stories on on your pages that that raises awareness because we think we think of what we do as 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 twofold, I suppose, raising raising money to do what we the fabulous work we do, but also raising awareness of what we do. And um, if you just share some of our stories in the evening, that's a great way to help the charity as well. Yeah, that's fantastic, and hopefully we can um, we can get you both back on the podcast later on in the year to hear about how how uh, how everything's gone. And I I might. Might dust off a, a red scrum cap and my and, and dig up my boots and uh, and come along to a to a session, Dan. But no, no, no promises. <laughs> maybe I'll stick to the maybe I'll stick to the half marathon. 
Yeah, well, we've already got you on tape saying that you're going to run the half marathon now. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, I can edit it, remember, Lynn. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot speaking to you before the podcast and, and on this, and I'm sure listeners will have done and and will be, you know, really really impressed with the scope that of, of 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 what is going on and leading in initiatives like the Mexicality Rugby is 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 fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for, for joining us and, and telling us more. Thanks, Thanks Tom. That is uh, all that we are going to touch on this week. We, I, I mentioned at the start, there was, there was no game in the, the weekend just gone to, to review, but we are back in action in the European Challenge Cup this weekend. It's not been a happy hunting ground for us, but we host Toulon at the rep, obviously the three-time Heineken Cup champions on Saturday afternoon. And, Barring some fairly serious mathematical acrobatics, we will be out of the the competition, having lost to Toulon and Glasgow and Toulon looking very strong as well. So not it's glass half empty, I think, looking ahead to 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 Saturday. They they dominate, dominated us 29-7 at at home. But on the bright side, hopefully a rest week and the lack of pressure of, of progressing in the competition might mean that. We can play with some some freedom and get that attack ticking, which is which is very very much needed. Off the field, there's a, a pretty cool feature to mark the 25th anniversary of the club's greatest day, the Heineken Cup win in in 1998, which will see some 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 club legends, Andy Nichol, Robinson, amongst others, step onto the the rec turf once again, and also the Heineken Cup will. We'll be making an appearance in the in the swift half for, for supporters to, to 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 see. So, if you're going down, enjoy the enjoy the game, cheer the boys along, and stick behind the team through thick and thin. <laughs> <laughs>